At any given moment, there are two versions of your life. There's the version of your life that is, and there's the version of your life that could be. Now, we're all familiar with the version of the life that is, because if you woke up this morning and stepped on the scale, whatever number you saw is the life that is. (laughs) Whatever job you might be in, whatever career path you are in, Whatever you have to show up for on Tuesday morning is the life that is. Or if you're in school, whatever classes you go to, whatever friend group you have, whoever you sit next to at lunch, that is the life that is. And if you're past your working years, perhaps some gray hairs on your head, perhaps some grandkids or great-grandkids, you know this all too well. There is the life that is. But there's also the life that could be, and maybe this is the more exciting one, and maybe even this week you were dreaming or wondering about the life that could be. You know, you step on the scale and you think, if my choices for the last 10 years had been different, what number could be on this scale? You think about the career path that you chose and the education that you went through, and maybe someday you just think about, what if I had done something different? What life could I be in right now? If you're in school, <laughs> you're thinking, what, if, what would it be like if there was a world without school? Like that would, what, 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 what could life be? And again, if you're older in years, you think about all the different forks in the road that you've gone through, and you wonder, What if that one thing had been different? As I personally think through that, there's the life that is and the life that could be. One thing that often comes to my mind is how I met my wife, Amy. It was, she was forced, she was compelled into going to this gathering at the seminary where I was going to school, and she didn't want to go, but she was kind of dragged along, and we happened to be standing next to each other in in the hallway, and that's how we met. And sometimes I wonder, I love the life that is, We were just one step away from a different life if she hadn't come, the life that could have been. I also think about some situations earlier in my life, and one thing comes to mind where um, a member of my family, an extended family member, was hit by a drunk driver, and they passed away. And I remember thinking, what if my family member, my extended family member, had just stayed home? The life... That could be. Now, as you think about your own life and the decisions you've made, maybe this is something that brings up some feelings of regret. I wish I had chosen better friends. I wish I had gone to a different school. I wish, I wish I had just stayed home. Because you think about the life that could be. And for some of us, you think about this, there's quite a big difference between the life that is and the life that could be. And you wrestle with this in your mind. Maybe you're thinking about the potential of what you could be. If only I had worked on things. If only I had given it 100%. If only I had worked harder on my marriage. If, if, only, if, only, if only I could go to the life that could be. I think that's going to be in anyone's life. And we'll talk about this a little bit in the message, why this is always going to be the case. There there will always be a life that can be, that we dream about, we wonder about. But in today's parable, Jesus shows us why there's this 
separation. And he speaks into people who are, who are crushed with regret and wondering why life isn't the way it could be. In fact, in Jesus' day, here's, here's what they wrestled with, and then I want to get into the parable. What they really wrestled with was the life that is was so far from the life that should be because they were told from Scripture that the Jewish people would be a kingdom that would never go, go away. And they were holding on to these promises that God would send a king over Israel whose throne would never be taken away. That's the life that should be. But what was the real life that they were living? They were under Rome. They were subjugated. They had to get permission from Caesar to do anything. And they were the laughing stock of the world. So they were living the life that is, wondering where God was for the life that could be. And so one day Jesus stood up. And he's teaching them a series of parables because he's trying to teach them that the kingdom of God is not a political kingdom with a throne and a king sitting on it, but the kingdom of God is invisible, working in our hearts. And so he shares with them a series of parables to show them what it looks like when God is working. And I think what we all know is that when, when it comes to this difference between the life that is and the life that could be, it, doesn't it all come down to what you've done with your potential? Um, we could put it this way, that your purpose depends on what you do with your potential. And as you look to your past, maybe you're wondering, well, I guess I messed that up. I, I guess God is done with me. I guess there's no plan left for me. So as we look at this parable today, I want to give you some good news. Regardless of whatever is in your past, whatever career you botched, whatever relationship didn't work out, whatever debt you might have accumulated, whatever is in your past, we can work with that. God can work with that. In fact, think about this. If, if your father in heaven were going to sit down with you right now, and I believe he drinks coffee, so you're having coffee with your heavenly father, and he looks at the way your life is, and he compares it with the way your life should be, what would he say to you? What would he say to you? The remarkable thing is that your father in heaven doesn't bring up the past to shame you and guilt you and say, you're a failure, I have no plans left for you. Instead, he says, I love you, and I forgive you, and here's how we're going to go moving forward. And here's what I want to show you from Jesus' parable today. Number one, God offers a purpose that is not limited by your potential. God offers a purpose that isn't limited by your choices of the past that have either leveraged or forfeited your potential. And so we're, we're going to just dive right into this parable. It's in Mark chapter 4 where Jesus is talking to people whose life as it is just didn't match up with the life that they thought could be. And he's teaching them, up, teaching them about how God, how God works in weird ways, ways that we don't expect. And I love the pictures that Jesus chose because it's so clear. Jesus wasn't just walking around. He didn't just get this idea of a, a story or a parable and, you know, just blurt it out. You can tell Jesus spent time working through the details of these parables to, to, to crunch them down to the barest thing. Because with each parable, Jesus takes a spiritual truth and he expresses it in an everyday way. And his favorite picture to use was agriculture farming. 
planting seed, growing seed, because that was an agricultural society. And the incredible thing is we still understand this 2,000 years later. So Jesus is telling this parable, and he's showing people, here's what God is up to. Here's how God works in his kingdom. So we get into Mark chapter 4. Jesus also said, there were many parables before this. Read chapter, read chapter 4 sometime this week. It's cool, all the parables Jesus used. Um, Jesus also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. When God is at work, when he's establishing his kingdom, when he's moving, when God is on the move, here's what it's like. A farmer, next slide, a a man, sorry, a man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though the man does not know how. Now, with each parable, Jesus focuses in on one specific area. And what Jesus could have talked about was the man toiled, or toiled, (laughs) he um, tilled, thank you, he tilled the soil. That, that should be a word, like just combine till and soil. To, he toiled the ground. <laughs> he could have talked about all the work that goes into fertilizing the ground and watering the ground, but instead Jesus hones in on this one thing. The man scatters seed, and it hits the ground. And whether he was sleeping or waking, whether he was getting down or getting up, whether he was watching the seed or not, it sprouted and grew. And the man, he was perplexed. I don't know how this works. I just know that it works. And so what the farmer did, what the man did was he just scattered the seed and he knew that the power for it to grow was not up to him. Now, he didn't have to wait up late at night and worry about the seed. I wonder how it's doing. And he didn't have to go through and plan every single contingency for what might happen. He went to bed. He woke up. And the seed did what it was designed to do. Although the man did not know how. He didn't understand it. And here's the beautiful thing about God's kingdom. It works even if you don't understand it. The way that God works in people, he he doesn't require you to understand how he works. He can just work. And so this is what the first thing we learned from this parable. Number two, God grows in you in ways you will not understand. He grows you in ways that you will not totally get. You'll just know it works, and it works. One of the incredible ways we actually see this is a promise from Scripture, God can actually grow you through hardship and suffering. That's incredible. That's, I, I can't understand how God would grow a person through that, how God grows me through that, and yet it works. It does. When you lean on him in hard times, you lean on a good place. Sometimes you're not even expecting God to work in you in ways, and you weren't planning on it, you weren't waiting for it, it's just God did it. Maybe a person just reached out to you at the exact moment you needed them to, and they had no idea what they were doing, they didn't understand, you didn't ask for it, you didn't understand, but God worked in you in a moment you needed it. Isn't that amazing? I had an experience like that um, about a week ago in in my daily Bible reading, I was reading through the book of Mark, and there's a section I was about to skip over. It's the the feeding of the 4,000. Now, there was another occasion where Jesus fed a larger number of people, the feeding of the 5,000, 
And so I'm like, well, why would they talk about feeding 4,000? Like, that's, we're just going in the wrong direction. That's not more impressive. Like, why would this story be in there? And so I was reading through it, and here's what I discovered. This unexpected, I didn't understand it, but something just sprouted, something just grew. As I read through that account of the feeding of the 4,000, here's what I found. The reason they were hungry, these 4,000, is because they stayed with Jesus way too long. They were so focused on Jesus, they stayed with him so long that it created a need. And what I learned is that when you stay with Jesus so long that it creates a need, Jesus fills the need. And so I was thinking to myself, what, what if I did that? And, and day by day, it was just a small seed at first, and I'm like, I don't understand this, but day by day, I'm like, wait a minute, when I create a need because I'm with Jesus so long, he fills the need in a way that makes me even fuller. Isn't that incredible how just one little seed, it might not even make sense at first, but plant it and see what happens. Sometimes God works in you in ways you don't understand, you don't expect. But Jesus says, would you just be ready for that? Would you be ready for that? And then here's the conclusion of the parable. It's real short, just four verses. All by itself, the Greek word for all by itself is where we get our English word automatic. With no external force or no external reason, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And this is almost belittling to people in Jesus' day because he was giving a preschool explanation for agriculture. Now everyone listen. First you plant the seed, then comes up the blade, then you get the head, then the kernel. They're like, we know this, but why is Jesus drawing attention to this? Well, as he goes on, we kind of get the point. So as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Turn to someone next to you and say, put the sickle to it. <laughs> that's just fun to say, put the sickle to it. And, and that's the fun part, that's the exciting part. Um, when we think about goals, when you think about your purpose in life, you're always looking ahead to the sickle because the sickle is when you see the results of everything you wanted to do. Um, if you have a health goal, if you wanna weigh a certain amount, the day you weigh that number, you're like, yes, that is the sickle day that you're reaping the benefit of all of your work. The sickle. Put the sickle to it. It almost sounds like a song. I'm not going to get into it. Put the sickle to it. But one thing I want to bring attention to is, is this first part, because the farmer, he's not the hero. It says as soon as the grain is ripe, and if you look at the Greek, it, it almost makes, it sounds really weird. It's almost like as soon as the grain says, I'm ready, as soon as the grain gives the okay, then the man must spring into action. He has to wait and wait. He has to be ready. And then as soon as it's ready, he has to put the sickle to it. As soon as that grain is ready, he has to put the sickle to it. Now, what, 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 do, you, what do you see in your life? You've got plans, you've got goals. There's the life that is and the life that could be and you're, you're working toward the life that could be and you're praying, God, could you just give me the life that could be? You know what you're saying? You're saying, God, I wanna go straight from seed to sickle. But remember, this is not the parable. Next slide. The parable doesn't go like this. A man scatters seed and then he puts the sickle to it. What happens in between is a lot more important. 
God has been planting some seeds in your life, and sometimes they take some time to grow. But would you remember this? Number three, it takes time to get from seed to sickle. And arguably, what happens in between is the most important part. The way that God grows you throughout the process of his mysterious, unable-to-be-understood kingdom work is the real part that he's looking for. God is not the person with the sickle waiting to get something from you. Come on, just give me the results. Come on, just be a good person. He, he's not the man with the sickle. He's, he's the one who, cre- who creates seeds in your life to grow and develop and blossom, but it takes time. It takes patience. You can't just go straight from seed to sickle. God is doing some important work in between. So maybe you're in between the seed and the sickle right now. Maybe there's a period of growth going on that you have to grow into before God matures you enough to see the fruit that he wants to bring from you. And that's where we'll go back to where we started. Where are you? And how far are you from the life that could be? There's the life that is, and there's the life that could be. Have you just been praying for the sickle? when maybe you need God to plant some more seeds? Have you been waiting for the sickle when you need God to bring some more maturity into your life? And if we're all honest, it's, it's not just the life that is and the life that could be, but when God, your father, sits down with you over coffee, <coughs> medium roast, when God, your father, sits down with you and looks at the way your life is and the way your life could be, even that, is far from the way your life should be. Because in order for your Father in Heaven to have a relationship with you, there there must not be a hint of unfaithfulness. And the full potential you were created with that requires faithfulness from you in every moment. And here's the struggle for us human beings. As soon as you get one area of life figured out, let's, I think physical health is just the easiest one to pick on. Um, even if you were to do everything perfectly, and let's use the example, like I've thought about this for a very short time. What if I ran a marathon? Like, okay, I, I thought about that for about 10 seconds. But the, the amount of training, the, the time it would take to get in that kind of physical condition, God bless you people who do that, it takes time. That's, that's an investment. And the conclusion I came to is that if I would spend that much time getting ready for that and preparing for that, I would neglect some other important things in my life. And as soon as you get one area of life to where it could be, <laughs> some other areas of life drop way below where they should be. Can I show you something remarkable about Jesus? And the next parable Jesus taught, it, he, he switches things up. He's still talking about agriculture, but instead of talking about many seeds that are scattered in your life, Jesus talks about one. Here's what he said. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, one, which is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet, when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that it doesn't just provide food. It gives the birds a place to perch in the shade. As people heard this, they're thinking, we can't wait for this kingdom to come. And the thing about this parable is that Jesus was the fulfillment of it. You look at Jesus, and there's, you know, we have the life that should be and the life that is, the life that could be. With Jesus, there was this one version of him. There was just the life 
that is. And his life that is perfectly matched up with the life that could be and the life that should be. He was the perfect fulfillment of every potential that we human beings were created to meet. Perfectly in obedience to his Father in heaven. Perfectly loving and serving the people around him. Sometimes with tough love that called people out to repentance. Yet always out of love. And then out of love, Jesus did something incredible. Though he had the life that is, he took on himself the life that shouldn't have been. He welcomed into his own life your life that is, so that you could have the life that could be. And I love how Hebrews 13 says it. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. There's only one version of who he is. He is your Savior. So as you think about what God is doing in your life, there's the life that is. There's the life that could be. Can you just pause for a moment and think, Jesus, that you have the life that shouldn't have been? You have eternal life with God. You are loved by God. You're forgiven by God. And when you bring before your Father in heaven the life that could be and should be, God doesn't bring up the shame of the past to make you feel bad for it. He brings you forgiveness in the present. He says, child, I'm so glad you're here because I love you wherever you are. But I want to get, to, get you to where you could be. And when it comes to where we could be, we think plans, we think goals, we think to-dos, we think a number on the scale, we think relationships, we think of practical, concrete things because we're concrete people. But could you keep this in mind? Sometimes the most important work that God does is work you can't understand. And the way he works, it takes time to get from seed to sickle. So before you put a sickle in it, and before you just pray for the sickle to come quickly, would you think about what God is doing in you right now and think about this. Number four, the purpose God has for you is not just about what you're doing. It's more about who you're becoming. He's interested in what you do. There's, there's morality, there's ethics, there's wisdom. He wants you to follow it. But the big picture goal is God isn't the man with the sickle just waiting for your fruit because so, he needs something. God is the one who plants the seed in your life to grow you and mature you. And sometimes the goals you set, this is your practical takeaway for the week. When you think about your goals to get to where you want to be, would you think about this first? It's not just about what you can do or accomplish. Who would you have to become in order to do what you want to do? What kind of person would you have to become in order to do what you plan to do? And through that process of growing and maturing, what you'll find is something incredible. What you'll find is that the potential, your potential, is in the seed. And you might not understand it, and it takes time to grow, but the potential is there. And would you remind yourself that you're just the farmer? God is going to do some amazing things. He's going to grow you and mature you over time. It's a lifelong growth. You're just the farmer. The potential is in the seed. I hope you can join us next week. If you're tuning in online, I hope you can come into the next video series because we're going to talk about how following Jesus actually makes you a little weird.
<laughs> the way we're putting it is, it's a life that's not ordinary. It's unordinary. And we're going to look at how not normal, when you follow Jesus, is way better than just going with the flow and being a normal person. So we'll pick it up there next time. Let's close today with a prayer. Dear Father in heaven, if you were to sit down with me right now and look at the way my life is and the way it could be, that you would acknowledge there is a gap. And if you would sit down with any one of us, that same gap would be there. Not just between the life that is and what could be, but ultimately the life that should be. Today we thank you that Jesus came and he took the life, our life that is, and he was punished for it. He took our sin on himself as our substitute so that we could have the life that could be with you. Thank you for the gift of his forgiveness. I pray you would give us patience this week as we evaluate our purpose in life and as we think about our plans and our goals for this, for this year. Remind us that we don't just jump from seed to sickle, but sometimes the most important work is that growth in between. Work in us through your word. Give us that daily planting of the seed so that even before the first seed sees fruit, you're already planting and growing in us the next one. Let your kingdom grow within us and through us so that in our lives we might honor and glorify you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.